Welcome once again to Lato's Law. Here's Steve Lato. There's a place called Mint Hill down in the Carolinas and a story involving asset forfeitures come out of there. And it's got such a twist that it really helps expose how bad asset forfeiture can be because here we have a situation where somebody got hurt by it that people probably wouldn't have thought of at first. But here we are. So from WCNC, Nate Morabito wrote this. Feds, that's the federal agents, the federal government, and the Mint Hill Police quietly kept $69,000 in seized cash. So that means that a sex abuse victim loses out. A decision by the Mint Hill Police Department to seize a man's money means a child victim of sex abuse won't get the $69,000 a judge ordered the agency to turn over. So the man at the center of this harmed the child... Police took his money, and then the guy did go to jail, and he's serving time in prison. But the victim was supposed to get this money, but the money's not there anymore because the feds took it along with the police and that whole thing there. So she is now 17 years old, and she's waiting for the Mint Hill Police Department to comply with a court order to turn over $69,130 that officers seized from the man who is now in prison. And they are refusing to do that. And if I was a judge and a police department refused to do something I ordered them to do, bad things would happen. It would be in the news. I've been dealing... And legal, legal bad things. That's important to understand. I've been dealing with this since I was five years old and I'm almost 18, says the woman, who says, I just want to move on with my life. Um, that money was going to help me do it, and without it, it just feels like three steps back. It's honestly so frustrating and difficult. Now, her mother actually works for a law enforcement agency as a victim's advocate and can't understand this either. I just think this is completely unjust. How can they sleep at night? How can they say this is okay? Now, the woman's name is not given in the stories because she's a victim of a sex crime, and so... They did talk about it to the TV station, WCNC, uh, but again, they've done this to, and, and, and in a way that protects her identity. Records show that the Mint Hill Police Department investigated the case back in July of 2019, and they found other things in the suspect's home, such as paraphernalia and cash. So the victim's family and their attorney said at the time, that an officer assured them the money would be available to one day pursue in a civil suit. So if you want to, you can sue the guy and get this money. So they continued telling them that, that the money was being held in property. So the lead detective always said, yes, it's there, says the attorney for the family. And he says, we were always under the understanding it was always there. But it wasn't there because an evidence clerk broke the bad news to them. He says, We got your order regarding turning the money over, but we don't have the money. It's been forfeited. So you go, wait a second. If the man forfeited the money to you, why don't you have it now? Well, unbeknownst to them, investigators seized the cash and then partnered with a federal agency to apply for asset forfeiture, citing probable cause of the illicit drug activity. The Mint Hill Police Department investigators never charged the suspect with any crimes, Only the offense for which he went to prison regarding the girl. But that didn't prevent the department from eventually collecting more than $45,000 of the seized money in 2020 through what's called equitable sharing. Equitable sharing. 
uh, the federal government received the rest of the money. And so we've heard about this before in a lot of these cases. The local police department plays this little game of, of you know, hide the money with the feds. And they bring the feds in, and the feds go hand it to us really quickly. We'll adopt the money. That's what they call it. I'm not making that up. They adopt the money, but then they give some of it back. So if you go to the people who took it, the local police, they go, well, the feds had it. But you got some now. We got that from the feds. You go to the feds, they go, well, we got it from them. And so everybody can kind of claim that they're at least one step removed from where the money came from. And so now when the judge says to the local police department, you bring that money into court and put it here, they go, well, we turn it all over to the feds. Well, wait, you got $45,000 of it back. Well, that's not that guy's money. That's the money we got from the feds. No, that's the money you got from the guy, just little a little games you're playing there. So the suspect didn't plead guilty uh, to any crimes until almost three years after he was arrested. He's currently serving a several-year prison sentence. So the victim and her family said they only learned of the department's surprising decision, that is to play these games with the money, in recent months after they sued the suspect in civil court, and they got a, a, a consent order in June signed by the defendant's attorneys and a judge requiring the department or any individual organization or entity in current possession of the money to turn it over within 10 days. So whoever's got the money has got to turn it over according to court order. So the police department's attorney said in an email, this is to inform you that MHPD does not have this money. Paperwork shows the federal government published a notice of the seizure online in November of 2019 and then declared it forfeited because apparently no one responded to that. And I've joked about this before, that the law often says you can post a notice someplace. And if nobody responds to it, you can say, well, we, we tried. And for instance, I can show you a court rule that says that you can post a notice at the local courthouse on a bulletin board. How many people do you know who aren't attorneys spend much time in the courthouse looking at the bulletin boards? And I remember walking by the bulletin boards at like Wayne County Circuit Court and actually reading all the notices posted there going, wow, all these notices posted here. No one's seen these but me. So the victim's mother said, somebody needs to call them out. They're policing for profit. And of course, that's what the Institute for Justice calls it too. They're policing for profit. Federal law allows local and federal agencies to routinely work together to collect these money. But why would Mint Hill need federal help on this? Why? And it would look like they actually got the help from the feds because that would allow them to keep the money. Because they did the little dipsy doodle with the money where they give it to the feds, the feds give it back. They go, that's not that guy's money, that came from the feds. Simple Google search of the suspect's name identifies a news release showing that he won the lottery back in 2018 and brought home over $70,000 in winnings. So that's, of course, where that money most likely came from. But they're saying, no, 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 it came from that drug paraphernalia. Despite the Mint Hill Police Department using illegal drugs as the premise for taking the man's money, the agency relied on U.S. Customs and Border Protection through the U.S. Department of Homeland Security for the asset forfeiture. Now, the attorney for the police department said it's very common for a federal agency to adopt a seizure once contacted by a local department, including when there's an existing relationship. And he said uh, that the MHPD lieutenant who handled the money is a member of the Homeland Security Investigations Task Force, which makes no sense at all. None. But the attorney says it's common. And see, again, and I hate to pick on attorneys because I am one, but um, he's saying that it's common to make it sound like it's not wrong. 
Well, a lot of things are common that are wrong, and the fact that police commonly do this doesn't make it right. And so this detective or police officer or whoever it was with Mint Hill, who also works with Homeland Security, just knows, oh, we got the $69,000. They're going to want it. But before they can get it, we will do this little thing with the money where we give it to the feds, they give it back, and we can say, oh, it's not his money anymore. It's, it's ours. It came from the feds. It shows you how inappropriate civil asset forfeiture is to begin with, but also how you have these strange outcomes like this. And so if the guy at the center of the story who's now in prison had been a dealer and that money had been the profits of a crime, I can see the police saying, oh, we found this money. It's the profit of a crime. Let's charge him with the crime. No, that's not what they did here. And it looks like there's a really good explanation. He actually had the money because he hit the lottery. <laughs> I mean, that, I think that is a source of money if you win. Uh, so it's, 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 it's unfortunate. So the question now is, what's going to happen? Because the court has said, we want this money back. And the police have gone to court saying, we don't have it anymore. Now, it depends on what the judge wants to do with that, because a judge could say, well, that's too bad, because you should still have it, especially if you assured these people all along that you had it. I don't know if that's actually the case, but let's assume for a moment that it is. You should still have it then. Now, if they never said that all along, it's still kind of like, yeah, but where did that money go and why? And so I said earlier, if I was the judge, if I was the judge, I'd say, do you guys have the money, yes or no? They said, no, we don't. What happened to it? Well, we gave it to the feds. Okay, did they give any back to you? Yeah, they gave us back $45,000. Okay, so you have that? Yes. Uh, let's see where it's, let's, let's say it's 10 o'clock in the morning in my hypothetical. I'm going to give you guys six hours. In six hours, I want cash sitting on this table in this courtroom in six hours, or someone's being held in contempt of court. And as soon as somebody started to pipe up, I'd bang my gavel, get up and walk out. I turn to the bailiff and go, Six hours, remind me. And in six hours, walk back out there, and hopefully the parties will be there, and go, where's the money? $45,000, because they have at least 45000 of it. $45,000 sitting in a pile on that table? No, it's not. Oh, guess what? Someone's going to jail. But Steve, you're a judge. They're the police. They're not going to lock themselves up. Oh, no, 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 no. Most courts have got holding cells, and they've got bailiffs who've got authority to take somebody into custody who's in contempt of court. And I would lock somebody up. I'd lock somebody up and go, if I lock you up and tell you that you don't get out until somebody from your department brings that $45,000 in cash in you and puts it on that table, will it show up or not? If they say, no, it won't. I'm going to say, okay, let's just test that theory now and see how long you sit there before the money shows up. I bet the money would show up. Now, that doesn't resolve the other $24,000 that's missing. But it would get you 45000 of the sixty-nine, and that's the real issue here. And so when all these people come into court with legal positions, and this is common, and this is normal, and this is absolutely by the books and law and blah, 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 there's a court order that says bring the money in. Actually, the court order says give the money to them, but if you ain't giving it to them, let's go halfway. Bring it in here and show it to me, and then we'll see what happens. So again, I don't get to be the judge, and I don't want to be a judge. Because like I said before, when you're a judge, you don't get to pick the fun cases. 
Unfortunately, you get stuck doing all kinds of stuff you don't want to get involved in, including divorces and landlord-tenant stuff. And, and, and trust me, day by day, that's not going to be a, a lot of fun. So sorry <laughs> for those of you who occasionally say, Steve, you should be a judge. No interest at all. So everyone who sent this to me, thank you very much. I got this from dozens and dozens and dozens of people. Nate Morabito wrote it for WCNC. Feds and the Mint Hill Police quietly keep $69,000 in seized cash, which means that the sex abuse victim who was awarded that money doesn't get it. Unintended consequences. Questions or comments, put them below. Let's talk to you later. Bye-bye. Thank you for watching Lato's Law. The question is not what you look at, but what you see.